Thank you for joining us here at Fellowship Church for today's message. Our desire is to encourage others to love God, love people, and impact the world. And we would love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So take a moment and visit us online at fellowshipws.org. Find the Share Your Story button and tell us what God is doing in your life. While you're there, you'll also find useful information about our church and other resources that will bring you closer to Christ. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you enjoy today's message. My body, in my business, everything I touch, everything I do, everything you've called me to be. God, I want manifest glory. Not a, not just a little, not just a little dab of do you, but God, I want continuous flow of your glory. Somebody worship and say, God, I want your glory. God, we want it. Psalm 116, verses 1 and 2. It says this. I love the Lord, for he heard my voice. Tell somebody, I love the Lord, because he heard my voice. Come on, tell somebody yes. Come on, let it sink into your heart. Tell somebody, I love the Lord because he heard my voice. <laughs> oh, thank you, Jesus. Lord, that you did not ignore me. Anybody glad that he did not ignore you? Tell somebody, he heard me. <laughs> Somebody around said he heard me. He was listening all along. He heard me. He heard me. He heard me. When I was in distress, he heard me. He, he heard me. He heard me. He even heard my tears. He heard what he heard what my tears represented. He heard what my moans represented. Sometimes your soul moans with utterances that cannot be heard. It tests that they cannot be uttered. Tell somebody he, he heard me. 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 He heard my heart's cry, even though when I didn't articulate it. Tell somebody he heard me. Then the word goes on and says, he heard my cry for mercy. <laughs> Two says this, y'all, because he turned his ear towards me. Oh, God. That doesn't mean that he was doing something else. He was ironing or he was making dinner. Yeah, I hear you. No, he dropped everything that he was doing and he turned his ear. Mm. See, it's a difference between somebody saying, yeah, yeah, I hear you and they don't make phone. But it's one thing when they put everything down and they lean in to understand what you're saying. Tell somebody, he, he turned his ear towards me. Oh, my God. You got to understand that this is an intimate conversation in life that we are sharing with our creator. So not only, he, he's not hearing us, he's not just tolerating us, he's not just letting us in the room so that we can have a seat at the table. Tell somebody, he turned his ear towards me. When I cried. Oh, God. See, y'all got to read the word. You can't just read it. He turned his ear towards me. And then it says, because of that, I will call on him as long as I live. Y'all, the word is alive. See, I'm not just praying. See, see, the word of God says some people's air, prayers are not answered because they are praying amiss. Meaning that they are praying without full understanding of the institution of prayer. Prayer is not something that you break in case of emergency. It is intimacy. 
to me see. We, 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 it is an opportunity for us to, to, to fellowship. See, God is a speaking spirit. He cannot be touched with the hand. He cannot be seen with the eyes. He is a speaking spirit. In Genesis, the word of God said that the, that the earth was, was empty and void and, 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 and deep covered the face of the earth. And then God said, God is a speaking spirit. And so how do we best commune with God? Through our speaking. And we have to realize that every time we get in God's presence, it's an opportunity that he turns his ear towards his children to hear their cry. Now, can we say with a new understanding of the revelation, touch somebody beside you, tell him he hears me. So if that is the case, people of God, it will behoove us that if every time we speak, he hears us, it will behoove us to be in his presence as much as we can so that he can hear us. And so if I were the devil, I would get you watching the view. And watching Judge Judy all day. Or watching whatever, or, 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 or on Facebook scrolling to see, you know, it's, you know it's, it's Facebook ain't nothing but the, new, but the new chat line. The old chat line people used to do to find out what's going on in people's business. God said, you are wasting opportunity for me to turn my ear towards you. When you cry, today's thought today is outcry. Somebody say outcry. Brother Kareem, if you keep playing for me, I appreciate it, sir. Somebody say outcry. We have crossed over a threshold, people of God. It didn't start Tuesday, it really started Sunday. After the woman of God made a proclamation over his house, something started in this place on Sunday. And it started multiplying on Tuesday. And God is saying that he hears the cries of his children. I'm going to tell you this, just like that baby's crying now. Don't bother me at all. Because a crying baby means that life is around. I got three children, me and my wife. And particularly before a baby can start talking, the only way you know that the baby has need is based on their what, y'all? Their cry. And we know the we know how to, the thing about it is the baby has different cries based on their particular need at the time. There's a particular cry when they're hungry. There's a particular cry when they need to be changed. There's a particular cry when they just being spoiled and they want somebody to hold them. There's a particular cry when the baby is sleepy. I don't know why they cry to get sleepy because when I get sleepy, I just go to sleep. But there's a particular cry. And God is saying that I hear the cry of my children. And I don't, and you know what? Here's the thing about it. A father or a mother knows the cry of their child. You can be in a room full of babies. You can be in a nursery. You can go up in kids zone right now. And, and, and if everybody up there was crying, you could you, the tune and the tone and the timbre of your child will hit your heart, will hit your ear. Why? Because that, that cry is tied to your heart. Do you not know that we come out of the heart and the expression of our Lord and our God? And there is something about your cry 
that touches your father's ear. He don't turn his ear to everybody. It's only his children. And I know, I know people like to say, oh, he's got the whole world in his hands. And that's all, you know, and everybody's God child. And that's, that's, all, that's all well and good. But there is a special seat. There is a special place designed for those who have accepted his son, Jesus Christ. Tell somebody, I am his special child. And when I cry, he turns his ear. What is it? My child. And when you have the revelation that every time I speak is an opportunity to get the Father's ear, then you won't waste your words complaining. You won't waste your words speaking on things that to which you don't know all the details. You won't, you, 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 won't, you won't waste your time wondering what people are thinking and saying about you. God said it's time to maximize your moments just like Mary did. She deserved the moment that this is not a time to be serving bread. This is not a time to be serving Jesus wine. This is not a time to be telling the musicians, Jesus like this song, won't you play it? She deserved it. It was a moment to worship and pour on the master. And so my prayer for everybody in this room, that we start discerning our moments. Discern. Tell somebody, discern your moment. Discern your moments. Like I said last week, all time is not created equal. There are certain moments. There are certain moments. The woman with the issue of blood, she discerned the moment that Jesus was passing by. And if I let him, I've gone to all the doctors and they've done me no good. As a matter of fact, I've grown worse. i spent all my money, but I heard that Jesus is passing by. And so I must maximize this moment. And I believe that this is a special window. That God is opening up. I believe that this is a special moment where the heavens are beginning to open. Y'all listen to me. This is a special moment that the heavens are beginning to open. And if you ask not, you will receive not. Tell somebody, discern your moments. I'm just want to delve into Three types of cries, and I can't get through everything, and so you got to come on. We're going to continue it on Tuesday. But a cry is a public or general demand or complaint. You know, people, like people are marching the streets in protest of whether it's Black Lives Matter or whether it's any other cause, people are trying to cry out. Hey, this issue is going on and we need you to pay attention to tell somebody cry out. God said you can make a demand. You can make a demand. What God said, make your petition known. Tell somebody make a demand. And it represents a strong sense of desire. See, babies don't cry. I'm talking about a show enough cry. You know that cry between when they whimpering and when they didn't hit their head. It's a strong desire for help. It's a strong desire for, for assistance. It is a strong desire for somebody to come and see about me. Somebody say, cry out. How many know that we need God like never before? All you got to do is watch the evening news and it is a cry. It is a cry for God's presence in the earth realm. You can't turn on the news without seeing somebody getting killed and somebody being shot and somebody being mugged and somebody being molested. What it is, is the earth groaning for the manifestation of the sons of God. So I got three cries and we're going to try to be quick as possible. The first cry is the cry of consistency. 
Somebody say consistency. Turn with me to Exodus, the third chapter. This is where God is about to engage Moses. Moses, he is a fugitive and he's fleeing. He had been fleeing Egypt because he was a deliverer. It was already in his spirit, but he saw a soldier messing with one of the, one of the children of God. And, and, and what he did, he stepped into his calling too early. This is a side note. God can call you, but you can step into it too early. See, he already had the spirit of a deliverer in him, but it tells somebody it wasn't time yet. And when you follow God's timing, along with your calling, it will maximize the moment. And so as a result, Moses had to flee Egypt as a fugitive. And then God said, now is the time that I want you to step into what I've called you to do. And, and then all of a sudden, while, while Moses was out there tending to his father's his father-in-law's sheep, he saw a burning bush. Well, that's nothing new. Out there in the desert, in the heat, it's nothing for a bush to catch on fire. But what was different about this bush is that it was not consumed. And so God caused this bush to be consumed and it intrigued Moses. And God told him, say, Moses, take off your shoes. But this space that you're standing on is holy ground. He said, well, God, what am I supposed to do? He said, I've called you to be a deliverer. And this is what he says right here in 7. He said, then the Lord says, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their cry. God, I thank you. Because of their taskmasters, I know their sufferings, and I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land, look at this, y'all, to a good and broad land, a land flowing with milk and with honey, and to place the place of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites, and now behold, listen to this y'all the cry of the people of Israel has come up before me the cry of consistency you have to understand at this point God's people have been in slavery for 400 years and God said the generations have been crying Crying, no doubt. These aren't the original people. These are the, these are the children of the children of the children of the children of the original people. And so, guess what, y'all? That same cry that God be our deliverer, God be our seal. God, we know that you, we are your people. And you know what? God let them. He let them fall into the state of slavery because He loved them and because He wanted to ultimately show them that I am your God. I am your deliverer. And sooner or later, if you keep on crying, if you keep on praying, if you keep on petitioning, I will step out from the sea. And this is encouragement for somebody. I don't care if you've been praying for something for 30 years. Touch somebody and say, keep crying. Keep crying. Keep crying. The moment when time and destiny line up, God is hearing the cry of his children. He has not turned the deaf ear to you. Every time you've been praying. See, see, see the thing about it is we give up and we say, God, God, well, it must be your will. No, it's your will that I prosper and I be in good health even as my soul prosper. Yell at somebody's face and say, keep praying. Consistency. Consistency. God said, I have heard the consistent prayer of my people Israel and their prayers and their cries. See, they weren't just like, they were crying out to the Lord. Lord, even though we're in slavery, even though we're in bondage, God, you are still Jehovah God. You are still our provider. You still are the God that heals us. You still are the one that has prospered us. And you know what? See, here's the thing about it. The, the word of God 
said that even when they were in bondage one time, even, even when they were in slavery, the more they tried to suppress the people of God, the more they grew. Which says that even in bondage, God can still multiply you. Even if you're in a tight place, the blessing is still on you. See, don't, oh God, don't negate or don't reduce the reality of the blessing on your life just because you're in a tight and dark space. He's God of the mountaintop and he's God of the valley. He's God of the, of the morning and he's God of midnight. He's God of wellness in my body and he's even God in sickness. He's God of the first day of marriage when we got when we, when our eyes are all glowing and rosy and we and we blowing kissing each other and he's God when I can't stand you and I'm sleeping on the couch cuz I can't stand to see you tonight. See, we, we, we want to bless and elevate his name in the good times. But how could he ever show that he was God if everything was a mountaintop experience? The only reason that the mountains stick out is because everything else around it is flat. So you wouldn't experience, you wouldn't appreciate the mountain if you didn't go through a valley every now and then. speaking when he was 12 years old in a synagogue and you don't hear about Jesus again until he is 33 years old. Just about a time. But in between the time, it's your job is to be consistent in your petitions, in your cries to the Lord. I'm going to leave this with you on this. The thing that you consistently do today is your seed for your harvest tomorrow. And that's not just spiritual, that's everything. If you're practicing good eating habits today, you're going to reap good health tomorrow. If you're practicing good spending habits and good management of your money today, you don't, wanna, you don't have to worry about eating rice and beans when you retire. Amen? And so the thing that you do consistently, and I want everybody on this week to start doing assessment of what do I do habitually? What do I do like it's second nature, like my eyes blink? I don't have to tell my eyes blink. It is involuntary. What are the things that I do consistently? And the things that you do consistently, it will be a forecaster of, the, of your future to come. Am I praying on a consistent basis? Am I encouraging people on a consistent basis? Or am I complaining? Am, am, I looking for the, am I looking for the next negative thing to justify me being emotional, to be a crutch? Am I looking for a way out? Am I looking for an excuse? Or am I looking for a way to make myself better so that God can use me to the, uh, to the optimum? 
Touch somebody and say consistency. The next cry is the relentless cry. Somebody say be relentless. Relent means to give up. I relent. I give it up. I tap out. I can't take no more. And God is saying, you have to be relentless in your crying. I remember my when my kids were growing up, if one of them had an earache or something, God, they never had earaches, did they, baby? Amen. Part of the blessing. Well, something was going on with them. Had a diaper rash or something like that. You know, you know, kids are they're, they're, you know, they're getting settled in the middle of the night. But it's something about them when they got that relentless cry. Like, Lord, let me get up and see about them. Because it's persistent. There's a certain weight to the cry. Like it's not some little whimper. It's 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 a deep down down coming, coming, coming from that diaphragm. It is a relentless, persistent, aggressive cry. Turn with me to Luke 18, the 18th chapter. For the sake of time, the 18th chapter and the first verse says, and this is Jesus speaking a parable, and he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men are always to pray and not faint, saying there was in a city a judge, which feared not God, neither regarded man. And there was a widow in that same city, and she came to him saying, avenge me of mine adversary. And he would not for a while, but afterward he said within himself, Though I fear not God, nor regard man, yet because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her, lest her continual coming, she worries me. <laughs> and the Lord said, Hear what this unjust saint said. He said, In this parable, are you listening to what this, this man, what this judge said? And then Jesus said, And shall not God avenge his own elect? That means his own children, which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with them. This widow, she would not give up. She come every day. Hey, I need you to avenge my enemies. I'm a widow. I ain't got no. I, I ain't got nobody to take care of me. And you say, and, and the law says you're supposed to take care of the widows. Come on, come on. Every day, Lord, here come this woman again. Here come this woman again. Here's woman, this woman again. Look, and here's the thing. I'm gonna shoot this sacred cow. That 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 dogma and and that religious cow that says we need to act. Well, if you really trust God, you wouldn't keep praying for it. That's a lie from the pit of hell. See, people people want to be religious and put a cloak on you you don't truly believe God if you keep asking no God said those that keep persisting he wouldn't have put this as a parable this is the, he said if it has not come yet keep asking me daily I don't care if your list get three pages long sit get a cup of coffee and say God I thank you for this even though I've been waiting 10 years Lord I thank you for the healing of my body I thank you Lord make it a discipline every day that God Jehovah Jireh. You are the provider. You are Jehovah Rapha. You are the God that heals my body. And you are not a liar. And though you tarry, God, I'm going to wait patiently, but I am not going to fail to cry out to you. Because it may not be today. It may not be next week. It may not even be next year. But one day when I cry to the Lord, he's going to hear my cry. Oh, my God. Touch somebody and tell them you got to be relentless. We still talking about being people of bold faith, praying bold prayers. You got to be bold enough to, you know what? I don't care if I get on your nerves. I need what I need from God. And if you want to be just like that judge, if you want to stop seeing me, you might as well give me what I want. Because I'm going to be every here, every day, at the same time same place, making my petition, and you know what, I'm going to let the list grow every time I come. You're not bothering God. 
this room. Tell somebody and yell in the tell them be relentless. All them mamsy pamsy prayers, be relentless. Why? Because he's turned his ear to you. Come on, y'all. You have audience with him. He stopped what he's doing to hear his children. So many times we have spiritual ADHD. It ain't come soon enough. So we going on to the next thing. We go on to the next thing. Can't concentrate on nothing. God said, write it down. Make a recording on your make a recording on your on your voicemail if you got to, so you can hear yourself say it. But whatever you do, don't drop your petition. That's what the devil is banking on. That he wears you out. That he wears you out. That he gets you looking at the circumstances. That he gets you get you looking at how big the mountain is and how big the debt is and how bad the diagnosis is. Hoping that you will settle and say, well, God, you gave me good years. I thank you, Lord, that you blessed me. No! God said, be relentless. Be relentless. Don't you dare give up. Don't you dare water down. Don't you dare lower the bar for God. It's an insult to him. Tell somebody, be relentless. Jesus said in number eight, he says, I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. <laughs> tell somebody, he's going to avenge me speedily. Nevertheless, when the son of man cometh, Shall he find faith in the earth? Your faith to be relentless. To put blinders on. I don't even see. What I see is not even what I see. I'm ignoring the details of what's going on. Not in denial, but I'm ignoring it. See, oh God, let me let me break it down. See, if Brother Jonathan was speaking to me right now, <laughs> he wouldn't do that at all. But if, but if he was speaking to me right now, in order for me to ignore him, I've got to acknowledge what he's doing and then ignore it. So I'm not asking you to be in denial. Acknowledge that it exists, but I'm ignoring you. And I'm setting my attention, I'm setting my focus, and I'm setting my hope on what God's promise is for me. That's being relentless. And here's the thing, and what, what the devil is trying to get you get your attention to, he may get louder. The children may, the, the more you pray about it, they may act more like hellions. The more you speak over your body, the symptoms may get worse, but tell somebody, ignore it. See, the situation doesn't cry relentlessness, relentlessness unless there is opportunity and the pressure to give up. It is the exertion of your force to persist. There'd be no need to persist if there was not something coming to get you to make you give up. But tell somebody, I will not give up. Tell them about it. I will not give in. But tell them I will be relentless in my crying to God. Put your hands together and bless the Lord. It's the last one I'm going to leave with you. Here's a, is this helping anybody today? The last one is, and this seems a little nerdy, but this is the transcendent cry. Tell somebody and say transcendent. Somebody said, okay, so yeah, that was nerdy, Pastor. Tell somebody transcendent. You know what transcend means. Transcend means to go beyond your current position. I'm going to give you an example. Muhammad Ali just died, right, a couple months ago. He was what they call a transcendent figure. That even though he started out as a young, little, scrappy black guy from Kentucky, he became what people call is the greatest now. He transcended race. 
He transcended religion. He was he was a Muslim. He transcended he transcended even the American culture. He was a worldwide known uh, figure all over the world, meaning that you could not place him in a bucket because everybody in every area of life identified with him. And God said, I want you to have a transcendent cry. See, there are some cries where just a parent will rush to the child. But then there is some cries of children that anybody that's a parent, anybody that's an adult, like, Lord, something is wrong. And you, you ever seen when something happens so bad to somebody, everybody converged at the same time? Whether they were your parents or much, that's a transcendent cry. That it registers with people even though they don't even have any association with you. Tell somebody, transcend. And God wants us to have a transcendent cry. Turn with me to Mark, the seventh chapter. We're just about finished, y'all. This is about the Canaanite woman. And, so, and behold, the 22nd verse says, we're going to start at 27, I'm sorry, 20, 22nd chapter. I think I gave you 24. It said, and behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him. Y'all hear that? That Jesus saying, have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. You see how she identified who he, who he was? She said, have mercy on me. Now, you have to understand that this lady was a lady of Canaan. She was not a Jew. Yet and still, she identified and she maximized the moment through the perception that Jesus was the son of God. And she said, have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. But he, meaning Jesus, answered her not a word. <laughs> have you ever petitioned the Lord sometime and you felt like your prayer bounced the ceiling and hit back down to the floor? You didn't get any shake. You didn't get any quiver. You didn't get any, any light bulb that went off on your spirit. It's like, yeah, my prayer's been answered. Well, Jesus, he, 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 this is what he did to this woman. He didn't even answer her a word. But look at this. And his disciples came and besought him, saying, send her away, master, for she crieth after us. Isn't that high-minded and haughty of them? She wouldn't think about them. And now all of a sudden they putting themselves, she crying after us. They're like, man, they ain't thinking about you. They ain't thinking about me. He says, she crying after us. But he answered and said, I am not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. He's saying, look, yes, you, you, I don't know where you got that information from. I am the son of God the seed of David but what I am is not meant for you that's what he told her and look he heard the insult her some more this was her response and this is what we can learn from this woman he said look it's for the sheep of Israel only she said you know what this is what we got to discern our moments y'all she said her response was then she came and she worshipped him. She knew his weakness. <laughs> she knew his weakness. And she said, Lord, help me. And then he goes, look at this. This is Jesus' response to her response. But then he answered and said, it is not meat or proper to take the children's bread, meaning the blessings that belong to the people of Israel, and cast it to the dogs. Good God from Zion. Y'all thought Jesus, he was just so home and he loved suffer the children come to me. Jesus called the woman a dog. Wow. He said, look, look. He said, that's all nice and good. She worshiping at his feet. That's all well and good. He said, this stuff ain't meant for you. This is meant for dogs. But look at this, ladies. This is her relent. She was relentless too. But, but, but I'm going to tell you what her relentlessness got her. And this is what being relentless can get you. She said, yes, this may be true. I'm a dog. You got to understand the Canaanites and the Israelites hated each other. They were like with the Hatfields and the McCoys. They didn't, they didn't get along at all. They were feuding. And, th and then she said, yes, this may be the truth, Lord. You see how she's doing? 
She's calling him Lord, even though she doesn't technically qualify by her bloodline. You see how her thinking got into her speaking? She spoke as if she was a child. Even though she technically was not, she spoke and called him Lord, even though she didn't even have the blood right to even call him Lord. And she said, this is true, Lord. This is true. I'm a person of Canaan. I am a dog compared to y'all. But yet, even the dogs eat the crumbs from the table that fall from the master's table. So I may not have a seat at the table. You're right. I may not qualify. I don't have the blood of Abraham in my veins. But you know what? Call me a dog if you want to. But let a crumb fall from your table. Because she realized what's in the crumbs. Good God. It's just a small piece of what's in the loaf. And you got to realize that God, I don't care how you bless me. As long as I get what I need from you, God. All I need is a crumb. You hear me? All I need is a little bit. All I need is a little morsel from you, God. I don't need to be loaf. I don't need to be the not smelling good. Come out the oven. All I need is a little crumb.
Somebody say eternity. Eternity has no beginning and has no ending. Eternity, and y'all can write this down for those that are here the first time. Eternity is an ever-present now. It's an ever-present now. So what we call the future is now to God. And so time is the servant of faith. Because he didn't say, great is your pursuit of me, woman. He said, great is your faith. Your faith pre-qualified you. Even though Jesus knew that his own would not receive him, he knew that he would then become, behold, the Lamb of God has come for the, to, to, to be slain for the sins of the whole world, right? Isn't that what John Baptist said? He knew that he was eventually going to be the savior for the whole world. He said, wait a minute, this woman's faith gave her some eyes to see beyond the cross that I'm about to go to. And he said, if your faith is that great, be it unto you. She transcended time. She transcended her position. And she qualified for the things of God. Everybody stand. We've got some other cries we're going to pick up on on Tuesday. So I want everybody to come out. I'm telling y'all, God is building faith upon faith, glory upon glory, brick upon brick. But I want us to right now begin to lift our hands and to worship the Lord. Come on, open your mouth and begin to bless the Lord. Yeah, I don't know. That's not a cry. That's not a cry. Come on, that's, a, that's not a cry. We got some other cries we're going to talk about. But some people didn't care who was around them. God, I need what I need. I don't care who I disturb. We ain't got no blessed quietness around here. Cry out to the, I don't know, I don't know the, 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 the depravity of your situation. I don't know how deep the situation. I don't know how bad, I don't know how bad the diagnosis is. I don't care how, how If God doesn't make a way, all is lost. 
sweet. I shed blood for that. I shed my son to die for that. You can transcend time. You can transcend time. You can get his attention. You can be so relentless. You can be so relentless that God stands up in attention and he grants your attention. Could it be possible that you've been giving up too easy? Could it be possible that you've been making excuses for God and you've been lowering the bar? God said it's time to outcry. It's time to outcry that if my people, which are called by my name, would humble themselves and pray and seek my face, turn from your wicked ways, then and only then will I hear from heaven. Thank you for tuning in today with Fellowship Church. We pray that you were blessed by the message, and we would like to connect with you through our website, fellowshipws.org, or facebook.com slash at the fellowship. If you are ever in the greater triad area, we would love for you to be our VIP for weekend worship experience on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. On behalf of Pastor Tony and the Fellowship family, Thank you again for joining us, and remember to love God, love people, and impact the world.